DJ and PK in the morning brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Time to welcome Brett McMurphy back to the show, National College football writer and insider for Stadium Network. Brett, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Uh, as we uh, entertained ourselves uh, looking at Twitter as Alabama finished demolishing Ohio State in the second half, the not the uh, way too early top 25s came out, and you caught our eye. You had Utah at number 11, kind of an outlier among the national media. A lot of these uh, way too early top 25s don't even rank the Utes. And curious what you saw in Utah that you have your expectation for, for them set so high. Yeah, well, I, I actually have five. Pack 12 teams in my top 25, so I guess um, it's that East Coast bias since I live in Florida. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be hard for a lot of people that, that do these things to kind of get an accurate judge on the Pac-12, but specifically for Utah, um, you know, obviously Devin Lloyd coming back is big. Uh, some uncertainty at quarterback, but just you look at the power ratings of, of Utah and, you know, can't I don't think you can penalize Utah or any of the Pac-12 teams based on last season. And I think uh, the case with Utah and, and, again, the other teams I ranked in the Pac-12, Oregon, SC, uh, Washington, um, you know, if they had played a full season, I think people would look at them totally different coming into this, this year. And, you know, look, uh, the good news is, um, you know, I could be accurate. And bad news is I could – I could be really wrong, but, you know, I mean, these things are they're fun, but I kind of uh, – there's a, a friend of mine that works for the Action Network. It's a gambling site that does power ratings, and uh, he let me see his power, power ratings coming into the 2021 season, and I used that um, as a jumping-off point for my preseason rankings, and I don't remember specifically where he had Utah, but uh, I believe – they were no lower than like 13th or 14th in his power rating. So uh, I think you'll see Utah in a lot of top 15, top 20s, at least you should, and one of these preseason rankings start coming out. Now it's one thing to, to start there, and it's another thing to end there, but obviously it's a good, good jumping-off point. Yeah, it certainly is, and uh, we would love it. Man, the more these local teams do good, the good well it is. Uh, it's good for business, obviously. Uh, as you list it, to me, when people put out their preseason stuff, it's basically who has the fewest question marks. And you look at defensively, uh, Utah has the fewest, uh, if you compare it to SC anyway, which is probably their main competition. ASU, I know you also have them up there, and, and they've got a bunch yeah. of guys coming back. I wanted to hit on the quarterback position, and obviously for Utah – that is a huge question mark. They went with a transfer last year. Rising gets hurt. Put in another transfer in Bentley, and he's already out the door. He didn't play like anybody thought he would. And so now they're, they're dipping their toe back into the transfer market. And you look at when they've had their best season in the conference in the Pac-12 since they've been in it is when Tyler Huntley was in his third year as a starter, and he was homegrown, so to speak, Florida kid, but they recruited him as a freshman. Uh, What do you think of particularly Utah, but just in general, of teams going the transfer market for quarterback? Is it a little bit dangerous as opposed to trying to develop one of your own? Well, I I think it's easy to make a blanket statement and say, oh, you know, no, you shouldn't do it. You should develop your own quarterbacks. Or, yeah, absolutely, go get a hired gun. 
Um, you know, obviously the best example of a school that has a tremendous amount of success for that is Oklahoma. I mean, yeah. they had, you know, Heisman guys that didn't, they were not recruited to Oklahoma. Uh, Baker Mayfield transferred, Kyler Murray transferred, um, you know, Lincoln Riley did great. Spencer Rattler, this year's quarterback, is the first, uh, you know, freshman recruit that they've had started quarterback in a number of years. <clears throat> Excuse me. Obviously, Riley's done an unbelievable job. So I think it's becoming more commonplace now where you pick up guys. You know, you look at Georgia. They had JT Daniels from USC. And you just wonder if Kirby Smart would have let him start the season, what a different year may have been for Georgia. So I think it can work out. I do know coaches, you know, there is a concern. If a guy's leaving somewhere, there's usually a reason. Sometimes it's a good reason. Sometimes it's not a good reason. So you obviously got to vet that information out. And if you're comfortable with, with the individual, I think it can work out for both both sides. And as we've seen, there's a record number of, of players in the transfer portal Um I just wonder if all these guys are going to find homes. I don't think they are. That's unfortunate. But certainly, if you're a quarterback and can play somewhere, <laughs> you're going to you're going to find a spot. Brett McMurphy joining us, national college football writer and insider for the Stadium Network. Uh, it's Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson year after year, but it's not so much leagues dominating. I think there's a pretty good case that it's just a handful of teams winning every conference almost every year, just year after year piling on. Is there any chance in Indiana, a North Carolina, an Iowa State, a Utah, anybody is going to break ASU? Anybody going to break through here and mix this up? Because we keep having the same conference champs. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, possibly for you know maybe a, a year or something that. Yeah, look, every you know what you said is is legitimate. I, I don't know if it's necessarily a concern, but it's a complaint among college football fans. Well, you know what? You can do something about it. <laughs> you can go beat them, but nobody's been able to beat them. And you know, you look at Alabama going into this year or last year, this past season, they had four of the top fifteen picks in the NFL draft. Jalen Waddle, their best offensive player, breaks his ankle in October. What happens? Last night they cap off arguably the best season in college football history with the best offense in school history. Um, and so now they're going to lose, you know, five more first-round picks. And, you know, their Alabama is sitting at one or two in all the preseason rankings. I think one team that you mentioned to keep an eye on is Iowa State. They have – they only lost a handful of starters. that brought Purdy's back at quarterback, uh, Brees Hall, who is the – the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year is back at running back. Um, you know, Matt Campbell obviously is a highly coveted coach. Maybe will go to the NFL one day. Can they prove that they're not a one-year wonder? They got to the Big 12 title game. Can they, you know, kick down the Oklahoma door that nobody in the Big 12 has since Lincoln Lincoln Riley's been there? But you know, we'll learn we'll learn early if Iowa State's a contender, pretender because they'll play Iowa in Week Two, and those guys have. Those guys have been playing since 1894. I remember it well. That was my freshman year in college. Bada bing. Um, bada bing. And uh, this is the first time that Iowa State and Iowa will meet when both teams should be ranked. So um, I think Iowa State's got a chance to break through. And for as far as Arizona State, you know, their offense is dynamic. And I guess the, the critics who said 
Herm Edwards wasn't going to work out. They don't look very bright right now. Um, and, and again, with the with the super seniors, the kids that are, seniors that are able to come back, um, you know, you've got a ton of high quality teams this year that are going to have a ton of returning starters. So, I think this could actually, if 2021 is formatted like 2019 was, and it's not like 2020. I think 2021 could be one of the best, deepest years of college fo- football we've seen because of all of these players returning for an extra year of eligibility. So I'm wondering if it's a little bit of good news, bad news for Utah, or not for Utah, the Pac-12, I mean, the Pac-12, in terms of you think five teams, so almost half of the teams have an opportunity to be ranked, but you have nobody in the top ten. Well, it, it is it is. It is in a way because I think, unfortunately, now everybody, whether we like it or not, all the emphasis is put on the college football playoff. And, you know, there were years when Alabama was winning the national title, you know, in the last 10 years where Alabama was the dominant team in college football. The rest of the SEC really wasn't that good. But looking back on that, you don't. People don't remember that. They just looked at it and say, oh, yeah, the SEC won another national championship. So I think the Pac-12, you know, at the, at the top will be as good as any of the Power Five leagues going five deep. The problem is if you, if you played a five-team round robin with the other five best teams in another Power Five league, I think the Pac-12 would fare well. The problem is I don't know if there's that one team that is at the elite level of an Alabama, of an Ohio State, of a Clemson, of an Oklahoma. Maybe, maybe there will be one that that emerges. And unfortunately, usually when you have that kind of depth like that, usually those teams beat up on each other, and then it makes it tougher to get to the college football playoff because you don't have you don't have an undefeated team. So it seems like the trend here is that uh, as everything's changed with technology the last 20 years, it's become uh, so much easier to recruit nationally. And so you no longer have to have the best players in the country in your region to have the best players. You can just go pluck a kid from Florida and a kid from Texas and a kid from California like it's some kind of um, all-star AAU traveling basketball team. And so you get this next man up phenomena where at Alabama where their next wide receiver up is awesome. Is this kind of a one-off that Saban is accomplishing here, or are we starting to see it at a couple other schools, and, and really five schools in the country are just going to get uh, – they're going to identify future NFL stars at 16, 17, and they're going to have them at 19 and 20. Yeah, and they, and they want to – you know, these kids now, you know, it's not like the 70s where Nebraska is, you know, was the only, only uh, team on TV on a regular basis, and they could recruit nationally and everybody else recruited locally. Now every game's on TV. So everybody sees everything. And, you know, so that obviously helps the, the teams that have having a, a lot, great deal of success now, but also on the flip side, you know, look, they, they can only sign 25 a year, so they can't sign everybody. So those kid, kids are going to go all over the country. So, you know, I think, I think bottom line is, um, kids want an opportunity to play, whether that's at Utah, whether that's at Alabama, whether that's at Texas, wherever it may be. And uh, because every game is on TV, parents can see them play every game. They don't have to travel to every game to see them play. 
I think that obviously makes recruiting more national, like you said. Um, so obviously, the more you win, the more you know, the better selection, the better looking you are. I guess when you're when you're out there uh, looking to pick up recruits, but uh, you know, it doesn't mean you've got an automatic advantage. Some some kids look for a challenge to come in and and build something new or build a build a program up as opposed to just going somewhere where you know it's kind of uh everything's already been established morgan scally defense corner for utah is very close to urban meyer so there could be some type of uh connection there what are you hearing about urban getting back in well i i knew if it if it happened it wasn't going to happen last night because he's certainly not going to upstage ohio state um, I think it boils down to if he's offered the job. If he's offered the job, he'll take it. And, you know, there, obviously he will dip into his um, people that he's worked with at the college ranks. Um, it, it will be fascinating. The thing I wonder about is, you know, Urban, you know, health-wise, was really impacted by wins and losses at Ohio State. And, from you know, a lot of people that I talked to, you know, every situation with Urban was kind of fourth and goal at the one, whether it was a practice, whether it was a film session or whatever. I mean, that's how intense everything was. That's great. Um, so now he's going to go from, to an NFL franchise where, you know, he's going to lose more. If he does go, he's going to lose more games in one year than he lost in five years at Ohio State. And so will he be able to deal with that um, is a big question for me. But um you know, he's done a great job on TV, but he obviously wants to get back into coaching. And if the Jags are going to give him a shot, he will absolutely accept it. And you would think he would pick Trevor Lawrence, but we'll have to find out on that. Um, but it should be a fascinating uh, next couple of days um, to see ultimately what happens with Urban Meyer and if any other college coach or former college coaches uh, get any NFL jobs. I know everybody wants to be aligned uh, in college football with ESPN and the SEC now. His, uh, ESPN has pried away that, that one big game that CBS was showing every week, and the SEC is all locked up there. If I were running another league, and the Pac-12 has a TV contract coming up here, I think I'd be trying to get that time slot and say, put my conference in that every week. We will give you the best games. We need that level of exposure. Certainly the Pac-12 does, but I think you can argue the Big 12 does, whoever. But those guys are all lined up with ESPN and Fox. Is someone going to pounce on that, or is CBS just going to get out of college football? Because it seems like a a time slot people should be gunning for, especially a league like the Pac-12 that complains about all the late-night games and and their best games not being seen. Yeah, I'm not sure what uh, CBS's strategy is. If they want to replace that with with other football games, or if they're just going to get out of it completely and, and put everything into put everything into the NFL, but but yeah, whether it's the Pac-12 or or Big 12 or whoever it is, um, yeah, I mean it would be smart to to get uh, get on CBS. It's a you know it's one of the big three networks over the air networks um, with cord cutting. I mean that I think that's still valuable. Uh, the question is, does CBS want to do it? But certainly the Pac-12. You know, like like the Big Twelve, they have to be you know creative in kind of how they get their product out there. And the Big Ten's got their TV deal coming up uh, pretty quickly, so I, the next few years is obviously going to be uh, pretty pretty instrumental in what happens down the road. 
Sarkeesian going to make a difference at Texas? Uh, yeah, he'll make a big difference. He'll be very well there. Really? That's very definitive. I've heard everybody else hedge on that. Why so much confidence? Uh, um, hey, i got to go. i got something breaking. But okay. I appreciate your time. Thanks. All right. Brett McMurphy's got something breaking, so we will stay on his Twitter feed because he's broken big stories, PK. Oh, he's a big-time veteran, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, and he knows his stuff. And I don't know uh, what he just got texted, but it was good. <laughs> it, it is uh, urban, 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 urban. I don't know that. <laughs> That's as good a guess as any. <laughs> well, when you think about the urban situation, obviously it was going to calm down a little bit, but now it's going to get ramped back up. Yes. Because you know, now now's the time for that type of thing to be going on with the college coaches. Yes, and while NFL coaches, he's a college coach going to the NFL. I he doesn't NFL, want actually. He doesn't want to upstage Ohio State, and the NFL does not want playoff games upstage. So if you were going to hire a coach today, tomorrow, great, but hey, Saturday and Sunday are off limits. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so now we're into this. And Man, I want to know what he just got texted. <laughs> he's. He's not kidding around. If he didn't want to do local shows like this and it's stadium, he needs to do it. He needs to pump the site and all that. So he does it and he comes on and he engages. He's not, you know, yawning like a certain dot-commer did years ago. <laughs> Cal guy, right? That's a Cal guy. Uh, but when he says he's got to go like that, there's something good. I'm keep, got to keep our eye on the Twitter feed. Doesn't mean just that he's able to publish it right away, but there's something out there. Well, he had uh, first, I was listening to him on a national show uh, a few weeks back, and when a couple of teams were deciding to not play in the Bulls, Mm -hmm. he said, well, I've got four that I've already got commitments from, but they don't want me to put it out just yet. And sure enough, those teams, I think Stanford was one of them. Uh, I forget the other teams now because it was before Christmas there, yeah. right at the end, the last week of the extended regular season. And uh, the guys were pumping him, oh, come on, come on, come on, see, it's it. But he wouldn't do it. And he nope. said, no, I got it. Uh, but they've asked me to hold off, so I'm going to honor their requests. And, and sure enough, there was that, and then there was a bunch of them. But the point being that that's when I first learned there's probably going to be a bunch of teams that are going to bow out of bowls, and many of them, particularly on our side of the country, in the Pac-12, did. I mean, you had Stanford, Utah, uh, ASU. Uh, Ultimately, only two played. SC was another one. Mm-hmm. UCLA uh, said they weren't going. Yeah, did they finish above 500? I don't though? think they did, but I think they said right. before. I think going into that last game, it was hanging in the balance. They had to win it. Uh, but they said they weren't going regardless of how it turned out. Yeah, Stanford got them in that Fajoko game, had like 5,000 yeah. yards right. of receiving, and now he's a local kid off to the NFL. Uh, so, yeah, a bunch of them. And McMurphy was talking about that, and he said, well, I have it confirmed. I'm just not releasing it right now, and, and certainly that was right. So, yeah, you're a big Twitter dude yourself. I know you're on it a lot, so when you see it, let me know. I will. If, if I don't see it. Yeah. All right, DJ PK, that was uh, that was an unusual end to an interview right there. <laughs> but it's got me intrigued now.